Welcome to Gloom and Bloom, the podcast that you have been waiting ever since last Thursday to listen to once again. Here we are. I'm Taylor Palfreyman. And I'm Christine. I don't know why, but it's so formal. <laughs> I don't know. I just pushed the button and then I just kept pointing at Taylor like, my, you do it. <laughs> my name is Taylor Ashley Palfreyman. My maiden name is Taylor Ashley Larson. And what's your social? My social is 12111411515. Hi, guys. Don't steal my identity. <laughs> yeah, please don't. Um... Okay, so before we started, I complimented Taylor on her amazing Doc Martin boots. I've got like the Jaden ones. They're like an inch tall. They're but not they're not like the tallest ones. No, they're like not too much of a platform. Guys, she's looking real cool today. I'm into it. Um she and then you were gonna tell me a story and I we said, shut up, and we're gonna tell shut it on up. the podcast. We we can't keep talking like this. <laughs> we can't give away all of our stuff. Uh yeah, so I went to my friend's bakery the other day. Because she's doing this like fundraiser for Ukraine and Ooh. with like every sugar cookie sale. What's her bakery again for people? The chocolate. Mm-hmm. I think it might be ending, but it's delicious. If you've never been to the chocolate in Utah, get your ass over there. It really is delicious. Wait, so good. Is she closing? No, no, no. They're just oh. ending the fundraiser. Oh, I was like, her shop is ending. No, they're closing. <laughs> so get there now. Go no. there real fast. But I walked in there because I was like, uh, of course I'm going to buy sugar cookies and support Ukraine. Yeah. Look at me. I am <laughs> doing the, the Lord's work. Yes, you're doing the most. <laughs> I'm basically saving the crisis over there by purchasing sugar hey, cookies. Everybody do your part. TikTok um, dances help as well. <laughs> yes. And so I'm like waiting in there and... uh old man walks in to the bakery mm. he's probably like in his 70s or something and he's like waiting to order his stuff and i was just chilling and he's like excuse me i was like yeah and he's like are those doc martens and i was like uh, they are and he's like i love those oh my gosh. he's like i have a pair too he's like and i've had them forever oh yeah and i was like oh I was so excited because like, me and my go husband, home and get them. Yeah, me and my husband were on a date and we had the baby with us, so he was waiting out in the car with her, so we didn't have to like get her out because I was like, I'll just run and grab cookies. And I came out and my mouth was like wide open <laughs> with complete joy. And Jared was like, "What is going on?" I was like, "This old man. Did you see him walk in?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like. He complimented my docs. <laughs> I was like, that was the coolest. I love it. Oh, it made me so Old happy. man approved the Jaden yes. Doc Martin boots. <laughs> He's like, those are great. Promo code gloom. Just was, kidding. Yeah. I wish. Oh, my God. Now that I'm looking at them and now that I know that a random old man liked them, I'm going to have to get some. Yeah, you definitely do. Because they look cute with leggings and high socks, which Loved. is what I have going on today. Oh, yeah. But I have... My workout. I haven't changed as my workout because you have. I'm disgusting. No. And I have hot chocolate on my sweater. What's the point? I'm hideous. <laughs> I don't want to say anything, but I can barely stare well, at you. And Millie gave me a big old kiss on the cheek and she had like the oiliest. I don't know if it was lip gloss. I have no idea what she had on. But later in the day, I was like, why is my cheek all shiny? So now I feel like butter? a butter grease pit. She just had butter on her lips. Maybe. Declan tells me all the time, but I love to just eat butter. I'm like, you. first <laughs> off, you've never just eaten butter. Second off, disgusting. No. No. <laughs> no, son. 
Oh my gosh. We just two days ago oh recorded gosh. over a Zoom for five total hours for your enjoyment. It, did I post it? I think so. I took a video. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember. Taylor and I both like blacked out, I think. Oh yeah. I was like, what's happening? Did we finish that? <laughs> what happened? I know. Todd texts me at 1.30 in the morning and he says, are, are you okay? <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm just making sure it's saving. Yeah, we got done at like 1.30 in the morning. Yeah, I texted Jared at 1.00. Oh- five or one ten when we got done and i said done bed that's all i said (laughs) (laughs) i know that whole day it was great it was crazy we're just we're pre-recording for next week and then we also recorded our patreon content Mm -hmm. you guys it's coming for you it's coming out i just have to get it edited and uploaded and it will be there and we will let you know on our feed well it's gonna be there for the three star feet picks people at the five dollar level on patreon and it's gonna be so exciting you guys i think it's like better like it's more content than you probably thought you were getting hopefully I'll say so <laughs> well yeah because we've said maybe last week we covered the staircase yes and we recorded for three straight hours it was so good yeah it was great so we hopefully you'll love it possibly delusional by the end i know i don't know if i was slurring my words or not i don't even there was a section where you kept having to start i did but right now we're coherent we're not slurring yet we're basically hanging out 40 hours a week together <laughs> by Wednesday. And, and oh my gosh, this is episode 30. Yeah, we're here. We've been like chatting each other's faces off for at least 30 hours. Yes. Oh my gosh. So good. That's like minimum. Yeah, that's a long time of recording our own voices. Yes. And we're like here for it. Oh um, my goodness. What was I going to just say? I don't know. Oh, um. so I wanted to mention a few things that I'm loving on TikTok right now. Oh, yeah. So there is this this girl. I don't know if I should call her a lady or a girl. She's a young woman. Hang on. Where is she? She, on TikTok, she does um, influencer baby name predictions. What? Have you ever seen it? No. Oh, my gosh. Okay, where did she just That go? sounds amazing, though. I was just going to find her. Okay. So um, her name on TikTok is... M doodles and stuff. M doodles and stuff. Yeah, I love so, people's names. Like, I don't know. If you follow a lot of influencers, you would think it's really interesting because she'll just like, she breaks down, like she thinks so in depth. She'll be like, okay, so what's their vibe? Whimsical, religion. And then she like throws out like five solid guesses for their baby names. And she was right at least one time. Whoa. And it's just like, I just really enjoy Even if she's watching. not right, if it's still within that vibe, I feel like it's a win. Oh, yeah. Right? She She's very close, like, all the time. That's so impressive. So it's, like, really fun to watch. Oh, I've got to check that out. Yeah, That's I loved so that. Amazing. Highly recommend her. And then the other one was I discovered Doja Cat on TikTok. Oh, like the singer? Yes. Oh, I've never seen her on TikTok, but I know her. I know. I don't even know how. I I randomly came across one of her videos, and she's really funny is she yes like she's like a funny tiktok person like people are like always commenting i forget that you're like full-on famous because she's like so real yeah exactly so real because a lot of the big celebrities are they don't post really anything of value it's just like yeah you know uh, except for D- Jack Black. Have you ever followed him on TikTok? No. <laughs> it's so nonsensical. It's amazing. Is it amazing? Oh, yeah. I think that him, 
in Jumanji being the teenage girl. See, I've still never seen that oh, one. It I've can't be taught because I've heard it's super good, actually. Oh, we watch it like once a month for family movie night. <laughs> I love it's that. It's so, we love it. And we love The Rock. Yeah. Um, but I just saw this random fun fact about Jack Black that his mom was like an astronaut physicist of some some sort. Yes. That she like was... Worked on the Challenger. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she worked on the Challenger. And she was like working on a like a problem while she was in labor with him in the hospital. Yep. I think it was like the Challenger thing. Like it was like a whole thing and it like all linked together. And I was like, wait, what? I maybe know. maybe that's a lie. Um, but it was something big. I know. Because the Challenger had more launches, right? More than I just the, the last one that didn't go well. Because Jack Black's older than that. Because that true. happened when we, I think we were alive. I've got to I've got to search this up now. Jack Black mom. We'll look it up. Jack Black mom. <sighs> but so amazing. I'm glad you saw oh, that. Oh, Apollo 13. Mm. That's the one that I was thinking. It was one of the things. One of the space things. It's NASA. You guys, we've already told you we're not into space. We're not. Like, I think it's cool that she did that, but I'm not I'm not a space no. person. I actively avoid it. Yeah, no. Except for my face floating through space, <laughs> asking the life's serious questions. Yeah, of how they get the power and batteries. Yes, absolutely. That's the only space I'm into. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Samesies. Uh, so, uh, we've been watching Moon Knight. You don't watch any of the, like, uh, Marvel stuff, do you? No. No. What is that? What is it's Moon It's a Marvel show. It's like a Marvel superhero show. Okay. And it's got Oscar Isaac in it, which, he's a babe. Mm, so him right now. He's, like, in the new Star Wars series. He's in, like, I think he's doing something on HBO called, like, Story of a Marriage. With Jessica Chastain, bunch of stuff. Anyway, mm. where do you watch it? Disney Plus. Oh, it's pretty trippy so far. What? We've only watched the first episode, but is it the like second episode already out? Doctor Who trippy, even trippier. It's Whoa. so weird because it's like he has multiple personalities or something and so when he goes to sleep at night someone else takes over essentially whoa and so he doesn't remember how he gets places and it's so crazy i don't know if i'm smart enough to watch that oh no i was like i'm gonna have to take a few episodes to like figure out what's happening here <laughs> and then probably rewatch and be like oh well we usually with marvel stuff because this is how big of freaks we are we'll watch this episode and then we'll watch a youtube video um, going into like every easter egg that is in the episode and i love that stuff it's i so do helpful, too especially when you're like a super fan of something totally like when i was really into game of thrones you're I, like listening to all the rumors and all the like yes well okay so then there was this podcast called binge mode oh, they yeah. don't they do you have you ever no listened i've to heard them? of it though so they don't just they do like all like harry potter star wars like they do the big things yeah so they would go in episode by episode and be like did you notice this that's because of right? this deep meaning of this and so then you're like oh my gosh and it makes it so much more fun i feel. oh yeah jocelyn's been doing that but like with youtube like kids youtube and harry potter stuff oh yeah she's so into it i love it you can do that with like outlander all day long there's <gasps> really? so many Is there things like outlander podcasts i don't know but i Should know that there's like one? people <laughs> my friend would go through and watch like all the what's the like recap comic cons oh. where they would be like getting interviewed because there's books you know oh. so people would be like oh this is the difference between the books and the movies and the then mm -hmm. and so <sighs> but it's really good i don't well um 
Outlander's a sore subject because Todd quit on me. <gasps> Why did he quit? Because he went to the Masters. Did I tell you that? He went to the oh, like the no. golf Masters last good week. Good for him. I know. Good for you, Todd. <laughs> um, and while he was gone, I was like, you know what? I, I don't have anything else to do. I'm watching Outlander. Yeah. And so I watched like eight episodes without him. Yeah. But then I gave him the most in-depth retelling that I possibly could. Yeah. And he was like, okay, yeah, I know what's going on. And then we started it and he kept freaking falling asleep. So now he's super lost and I'm like, you're you, you're on you're your own. You're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, you're an idiot. You're on your what, own. What episode are you on? I'm now? still only in season two. Oh, it's so good though still. Yeah. You're going to get there. I know, but didn't you tell me season three is kind of hard to plug you'll, through? You'll have a hard time with it. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Like it's still good. It's just... It's hard. Is it hard because it's boring? Because it's no. all political war stuff? Because I don't like that. No. Or is she in the future? No comment. Okay. <laughs> if you're not watching Outlander and you've never watched it, start now. It's so, so we, good. So me and Taylor can discuss. Because yes. Jamie oh, Fraser. Man. Oh, my God. Oh, man. I'll just text Taylor and be like, Jamie's face is so perfectly contoured. <laughs> and she's like. I know. Right? <laughs> right? Um, I have to bring up, too, this is not something I'm watching, but one of my friends messaged me last night. She went to, like, a late-night movie, and she's like, I just watched the weirdest movie I've ever seen in my entire Ooh. life. It's like... Is this an anti-recommendation? No, she's like, I'm going to have, like, a lot to unpack here. <laughs> it's called... It's a movie that's in theaters. It's called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Sounds like Have you night. heard of it? No. I haven't even heard of Sounds it. Sounds like anxiety. But apparently there's a fight scene with dildos, like where two people <laughs> fight with giant dildos. Like swords. I don't even understand, but apparently that's real. <laughs> and then she said there's like, it's like a lot of different universes are coming in. She's like, it's very bizarre. Huh. But she's like, there's a universe where everyone has hot dog fingers. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, I feel like this is a show you would want to watch, Taylor. And I was like, I absolutely do what is happening how do you even operate a dildo sword with hot dog fingers i think they were separate universes but (laughs) but she says like everyone has hot dog fingers and everyone's vomiting mustard and ketchup (laughs) what hell who wrote this i don't know Please watch it and report back. Oh, I definitely want to. I have to wait for it to come to like actual streaming because I can't go to the movies with my two month old. No, you can't. Oh, well, I will eagerly await that day. I can't wait. I, <laughs> it sounds so strange and I'm so excited it about really it. Does. I'm going to have to Google that. Get yes. the synopsis. At least watch the trailer or something. I feel like I've got to like get something. It's out called of this. Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes. Okay, so as soon as I can't wait to get done recording, because then I'm going to go do that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Strange things that come out in this world. I don't even understand. Oh, man. Can you imagine like somebody from Outlander coming now and be like, what? Right. What is this? Well, OK, since we're still talking about Outlander, <laughs> we'll, we'll never stop. Well, when he finds out that she's from the future. If you don't know that she's from the future, then you've well, got something wrong. The with future you. being 1945. Well, yeah. But when he's like talking to her about like flying in an airplane, oh, and yeah. she's like, Yeah, I've flown in an airplane. He's like, what? Like, flown in the sky. I'm yeah. like, That would be so weird. I, I don't I'd, even think about that. I know. I love that he just believes her. Yeah. He like never doubts her for he's a like, second. Yep. Okay. If my boyfriend was like, I'm from the future. I'd be like, like, okay. Okay, we have, we're breaking up immediately. <laughs> totally. Okay. Well, Alrighty. anything else? I think that's it. My first? I think you're up first. 
Yeah, because yes. I did stupid criminals last week. Oh, yeah. And then yes. you, you gloomed us down yeah, into I did. a hole. I did. With, but, oh my gosh. You guys, if you have not listened to last week's episode, <gasps> I know. My friend messaged me. She's like, I feel physically ill. <laughs> I'm like, I Yeah, know. about my Alice and Botha story. Yes. And my father-in-law called me because he was driving home from like St. George and he's like, which episode of yours should I listen to? And I told him that one. I was like, I, I actually don't that's know. That's so nice of him, though, that I he's know. like... Isn't he cute? Yes. I know. That's why I'm always, like, not wanting to say sex. <laughs> S. When I, when I said mean Todd have S. <laughs> he, he doesn't know you guys do that. I know. Well, I mean, we have three kids, so we've done it at least three times. <laughs> but only three. We only do it when we're trying to conceive. <laughs> that's it. Sick. Ew, yicky. <laughs> I think we've gone way past the point of pretending like it's icky for us. I know. Well, yeah. Well, I with was, our I know dirty jokes all the time. I know. And- well, me and Todd, I said something about like, "Will you still have me?" And he's like, "Have you?" And I was like, "Like from Outlander." <laughs> That's what they say. And they said, "Have me. You can have me." And he just wasn't impressed. No, he was like, what have you? Was like, Did you refer to your <laughs> vagina as your honeypot? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. He was like, no. Your, your honeypot. <laughs> okay. okay. Stop talking about Outlander, Taylor. Sorry, oh I can't gosh. stop. I can't stop. And I've been watching we'll, it for my we'll third start, time. We'll start a, f- a fourth offshoot from Gloom and Bloom, Are You Afraid of Murder Gossip, Murder Chats and Snacks, and then also... Outlander. Yeah. The recap. Outlander. We'll we'll workshop some names. Yes. Okay. Okay, wait. This is not what I'm looking at. Okay, so we have recorded next week's episode. You haven't heard it yet. Nope. We're banking it away. Yep. But um, so I need it to be known that Taylor told something really spooky. And it's the first spooky episode we've ever done. So I don't want to take that away from you. Because mine this week is a little spooky. It's a little convoluted. There's kind of a lot going on. I don't even know how to characterize this story for you. I'm excited about it. Okay. So this is a creepy, spooky story that is really about a lot of people and a few different things. Oh. But uh, for our purposes, let's call it just the story of Annie Andrews and the haunting of her family. Oh. Okay. I have not heard of this. You might once we get into it. (laughs) But you might not. I'm like, I've heard this. Stop. <laughs> I, I already know. Let's skip to my part. Um, there weren't that many articles about it, so maybe it's not super well known. Um, okay, so our story begins in 1986. So get in your time machines. Think the music of is top notch. Huey Lewis in the news. Oh. Marty McFly topping the heartthrob charts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. You're there. That's what's happening. Was New Coke a thing yet? That was a thing. What? New Coke. They like rebranded it or something. (laughs) New Coke. They called it New Coke. Yeah. You know, Tab. Yeah. The soda. Yeah. Maybe was Tiffany touring malls yet? I don't know. Okay, shut up. Nobody cares. Enough. Um, Okay, so in a small town in Massachusetts, Annie and Jessica Andrews are sisters and they live with their widowed father. What's happening? Are my girls yelling at each other? I don't know what's happening. It sounds like a wild chicken fight up there. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Those two don't get along. Oh, no. Well, it stopped. So. There you go. 
They'll come down if one if anybody's bleeding. Millie and her don't. Oh yeah, Kate doesn't really. She's in the middle. She fights with both of them. Oh yeah, well that's the job. Mm-hmm. The middle child. Yeah. Okay, so uh, they live there with their widowed father, and they are still grieving the loss of their loving mother. To they lost her to cancer. So, as expected in this situation like this, Annie is only sixteen years old, and at the stage where she just wanted comfort and joy from her life. So. Yeah. One day, she gets a phone call from a boy named Danny LaPlante um, on the phone, and he told her that he'd been given her number by a friend of a friend who went to the same school as them, and that he was a good-looking, athletic, blonde, well-educated boy who also lived in the area, and this mutual friend thought that they'd hit it off, so he says, here, call up Annie. So Annie Andrews and Danny LaPlante become very well acquainted after several phone calls, and so they arranged to go out on a date. So when LaPlante arrived at Annie's house, um, she was shocked to discover that the boy she'd been conversing with over the phone was the opposite (gasps) of who he said he was. Instead of the athletic jock-type boy that she was expecting, her blind date was a disheveled, greasy, dark-haired boy with no attractive features whatsoever. At least it was a boy. I was very (laughs) concerned it was going to be a grown freaking man. Yeah, it is a young man at least. So he's basically the original catfisher, the uh, in 1986 uh, equivalent. Yeah. So regardless, Annie is a nice girl and she still goes out with him. And it's probably like on the spot and you don't know how to What are you supposed to do? You're like... Go away. Yeah. (laughs) I am sick suddenly. Um, So they go to the local fair. So after just an hour together, Annie comes up with an excuse and she goes home. So during their date, uh, Danny discovered that Annie and Jessica's mom had recently passed away of cancer. Um, So only their father was caring for them. And um, Danny allegedly took like a really great interest regarding the details of Annie's mother's death much much more than simple curiosity would be like so Annie later claimed that it seemed as though LaPlante I hate when I keep typing last names his name's Danny anyways um he was obsessed with the death of her mother continually asking of how she felt at the moment that her mom died and how much yeah and how much her mother had suffered And so she was like, yeah, I hate this. I'm leaving. I have explosive diarrhea. I've got to go. (laughs) Yeah, I would be like, exactly. Yeah. My IBS is flaring up. (laughs) I'm really sorry. I got to leave. So Annie, she ghosted him after that and uh, didn't willingly see Danny Danny again following their date. And they no longer spoke on the phone anymore. So she she got back to spending a lot of time with her younger sister, Jessica. And one evening, her and her sister decided to try and contact their deceased mother by performing a seance. They tried to communicate with their mom via a Ouija board. And that stresses me out. Always stresses me out. I get that, like, they think they're trying to contact their mom. And I feel like it wouldn't scare me to try and contact my mom or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I don't know who else is going to come through there. I don't think you know. You don't know what you're doing. Um. And you and I, we can't even look at a Ouija board without getting cursed. No. We won't even look at the Exorcist movie cover and blockbuster. Absolutely not. So Ouija board, absolutely not. Out. So they performed the seance and 
But like they're just like sweet, naive teenagers. They weren't really expecting much to come from it. They were like, oh, okay, well, we tried. I don't know. So however, that same evening, Jessica and Annie received uh, rhythmic knocking against their bedroom walls as they slept. Ew. So they were like, amazing. Our seance worked and mom is talking to us. In the, in the dead of the, the night, knock. yeah. In the dead of the night, the two girls spoke to unseen forces as if they were talking to their mother one more time. They asked the spirit questions, which it replied via knocks against the walls. Um, it seems that the girls had truly uncovered a supernatural force at work, and I'm sure it was really comforting. Like, hey, mom can hear us. Oh my gosh! And I sympathize with them, like totally wanting something like that. And I was like, I wrote, personal belief, our guardian angels are with us all the time. We don't need to summon them with a Satan's uh, telephone. Board. <laughs> yeah. No. No. No, no. Okay, so this knocking continued over several nights, and it became so regular that it disturbed the girl's sleep. And over time, objects in the house began to disappear. Mothers would never keep you awake. They want no, you to get your rest you to get so your you get rest. good grades in school. Yes. And they would never do this. Items that were laid on the table one day, they would find themselves strewn across the floor the next. That's the opposite of what a mom would do. She would tidy up. Your mom would fold and put away your laundry. Yeah. If that happened, I'd be like, welcome, ghost. Yeah. you get Tidy Actually, ghost. please don't come to my house even if you want to fold I mean- your laundry, okay? I mean, yeah, no. I'll fold my laundry. Actually, that is exactly what the ghost of my mother would do. Um, (laughs) Probably. She comes over. I've told you. She comes over (laughs) and then two hours later, all the laundry in my house is done. I don't understand how she does it. Amazing. Okay. They were strewn all over the floor the next morning. So the girls uh, would come home and find furniture moved from one side of the room to the other. Eventually, um, Jessica and Annie believed that they were being haunted by a hostile demon and not the loving spirit of their mother like they once originally believed and hoped. Yeah. So the girl's dad, his name's Brian Andrews, believed that the girls, it was the girls themselves that were causing all of this nonsense happening in their home. Silly teenagers. <laughs> you sillies. The girls uh, claimed to him that they believed that they had unknowingly allowed a vengeful ghost into their home. But the dad refused to believe such absurdity, and he, it couldn't be real. So instead, he highlighted the fact that the daughters were emotionally struggling struggling with the death of their mother. And I... Fair. Fair. Totally fair. And yeah. I, he's just like, guys, chill out. Like... Yeah. Come on. So one evening in January 1987... Yeah, 86 before. Okay. The strange knocking had begun while Jessica and Annie were alone in the front room. At this point, the constant tapping had become so commonplace that it was driving the girls freaking bonkers. Um, This particular evening, however, it seemed that the noises were not coming from the walls, but from the basement. Ew. I hate a basement. We're in a basement. But I really hate a basement. Like, alone? Do you come down here alone ever? Only when I was recording and you told a really creepy story last time (laughs) and it was night. I, like, kept being like, I'm kind of (laughs) stressed. Well, my, the power at my house went off after that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, remember when yeah. I said there was, like, a weird internet yeah. thing? It was a power surge. And I was like, great. Great. The demon. The demon. The I demon summoned it. Okay. So they heard the sound coming from the basement. So armed with a kitchen knife, I wrote brave, uh, the two girls warily made their way towards the source of the noise. As they crept down into the basement, they were greeted with an ominous sight. 
Ew. Written in blood red on the basement wall was the message, I'm in your room, come find me. Ew. And I just wrote, screaming for eternity. <laughs> Did they go to their room? No. Well, the girls haul ass out of their house and run to the neighbor's house. And they stayed there and waited for their dad to return home. And they told him what they discovered. And their dad, again, believing them to be responsible for this, and as I imagined, he's a dad from the 80s and he's like, girls, come on. It's the damn rock music ruining your brains, isn't right. it? <laughs> and then I wrote, just kidding. He's a good dad. He, um, it says ordered, but I'm guessing that he suggested that Annie and Jessica undergo counseling to help cope with the, what he believed was the source of all their struggling and mental state, the grief of losing their mother. Mm-hmm. And I said, not a bad idea anyway. Yeah, no. Um, okay, hang on. I'm like, well, I don't know let what's me, going on. Let me pause this for a second. Have a little bit less fun. How about? <laughs> How about? Okay. Uh, okay, so they he recommends the girls go to counseling. So several weeks later, a similar incident played out with even more bizarre results. Again, the girls heard knocking sounds, but this time they were coming from behind Annie's bedroom wall. When the girls entered... Again, they were greeted with the message written on blood red on the wall. It says, I'm back. Find me if you can. Nope. No. So the aftermath played out the same as before with Brian Andrews um, placing the blame solely on the girls. And they went to the neighbor's house and called him and told him to come home. And when he did, he marched straight into the house and he he was going to prove that no one else was inside. However, when he entered the house, he noticed that there had been further like disarray than what his neighbor and the girls previously claimed. So it was like kind of ransacked. And it became apparent that someone had been inside the house yeah. when Brian and the girls and their neighbor were all assembled somewhere else. So, um, nope. He went in Annie's room. And there was an additional message that had been painted on the wall. It said, marry me. This is, I know what's happening here. Have you heard this story? No. Okay. Okay. And then on the other side of the room, Brian was greeted with an even more unnatural sight. He sees a young boy stood dressed in the clothing of Brian's deceased wife. (gasps) He was wearing her makeup, a dress, and even a blonde wig. And in one of his hands was a hatchet. This is Greasy Gilbert. <laughs> yes. Gross. <laughs> the young boy was Danny LaPlante, the Ugh. catfisher weirdo who had been obsessed with the mother's death. He was so, trying to LaPlante himself in the house. Can you LaPlante yourself somewhere else? Oh. Hey, LaPlante, make like a tree and leaf, huh? <laughs> Classic. Or, or like Biff Tannen said in Back to the Future, why don't you make like a tree and get the hell out of here? <laughs> Have you seen Back to the Future? I have seen Back to the Future. Oh my gosh, I thought our friendship just flashed before my eyes. What am I? (laughs) I don't know. You haven't seen She's All That. It comes up super often. I know, I know. (laughs) I didn't know that it was such a big deal in my life, but She's All That is... I basically hurt part of my it's a key core key component of my personality. We're gonna have to start going to therapy over this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. Okay, so a struggle ensued. But Danny was able to escape. And Brian recalls being dumbfounded at the way that Danny was able to seemingly disappear from sight without much effort. So when the police were called to investigate later the same evening, it became clear why he vanished so suddenly. So let's talk a little bit about Danny. I feel like you need a little bit of his backstory. 
So he grew up in an abusive home where he was physically and sexually abused, mostly by his father, among other adults in his life as well. Um, This makes me sad. I know. I mean, it does. You can feel bad for the child, but... I'm sorry. I mean... I take back Greasy Gilbert. He is greasy. That doesn't... Facts... That's a fact. Just kidding. Okay. So (laughs) he was diagnosed with dyslexia at a young young age, and he was deemed creepy and weird by his classmates. Um, Danny was referred... By the school officials to a psychiatrist due to his abnormal behavior and his general reluctance toward his appearance, like hygiene and self-improvement. I always feel bad, though, when kids deem a classmate as weird. I know. It's sad. Especially just because, I mean, he's dyslexic, so I'm sure he's like... Having a harder time, and he's he's different. And he's so. already being abused by his family, and he comes to school and he gets yeah, like abused this, more. This poor guy never doesn't have like a soft place anywhere. Ugh. So I mean, that sucks for him. It yeah. is sad. So things took a dark turn when his relationship with his psychiatrist eventually um, turned turned, and the psychiatrist made sexual advances towards <gasps> Danny. No, right? What is wrong with these people? That's so disgusting. Ew. I know. I was like, that is so You're in upsetting. a field where people trust you. I know. Ew. And he's okay. he's a teenager. So, okay. So then for the following year, the psychiatrist sexually abused Danny during their sessions. And something which no doubt left a lasting impact on Danny's psyche. Like his father before him, and this was a gentleman who had been trusted for the care of Danny, but instead he added another layer of grief to an already painful existence. So by the age of 15, he was breaking into people's homes, not only taking their possessions, but also leaving items behind in his wake. And he would also move items around in people's home in such a way that it was clear that someone had entered the property. So not much is uh, was immediately obvious, but eventually he was invading people's homes purely for the purposes of playing games with the people who lived there. Yeah. <sighs> Those girls. <laughs> Okay, so they think that he had broken into the Andrews home and saw pictures of Annie and found their phone number, and that's how he contacted her. So there was no friend of a friend situation. What? Yeah. So back to our story. Danny disappears basically right before the dad's eyes. So after vanished. Yeah. After discovering that each message had been written in ketchup, local police searched Oof. the home for clues on how Danny might have been able to access the house in the first place. Um, one officer found a hidden crawl space behind a cupboard, which was built um, into the wall of Annie's bedroom. So what? when the officer opened the hatch, he discovered Danny LaPlante curled up inside. Nope. Yes. Just hanging out there. Yeah. Yep. So officers removed him from the crawl space and placed him under arrest. And once he had been removed from the scene, officers conducted a thorough search of the residents. And to their horror, they discovered that Danny had been living inside the walls of their home. Oh, my God. The passageway which was discovered, Danny had, he had tunneled around other areas of the house and there were a handful of peeps holes dotted around, like he just like made teeny holes in the wall. Creeper. So he could observe Annie from whichever room she was in. No. So he's like voyeurism. Yeah, this is like um, Norman Bates. Yes. Ew. Yes. So it became clear that he had been pretending to be the ghost of Annie and Jessica's mother in order to torment them. It is believed that he was planning on revealing himself to the girls while dressed as their dead mother, whether he was genuinely so messed up. It's so gross. Like, I feel bad for him for sure, but like, that's messed up. I know. Like, what are you doing? So he was either trying to pass himself like off as her spirit 
or just to terrify them. It doesn't remain like nobody really knows what he was doing. However, it is very likely that he was just trying to terrify them. Um, and the fact that he was wielding a hatchet in one hand, let us not forget. Yeah. Um, it suggests that he was going to hurt them and it's lucky that they totally. ran to the neighbors and the dad you don't is just the one that found hold him. a hatchet for funsy no ha- yeah hatchet super threatening yeah except for in that book hatchet <laughs> <laughs> yeah except for that that one besides that super threatening helped him really stay alive yeah hatchet's <laughs> super handy <laughs> okay uh okay so danny's caught the girls were lucky to escape but unfortunately the story does not end here oh it just gets worse oh boy so the following for the following year danny was placed into a juvenile facility where he remained until um october 1987 almost immediately following his release he returned to his life of burglary during one of his robberies in november of that same year um he found two handguns from a neighbor's house so he has guns now Perfect. So on December 1st, 1987, uh, he broke into the Gustafson family home around, um, it was only like a half a mile from his own house, like his own parents' house. Oh. So he was greeted by a pregnant Priscilla Gustafson, who was 33, and her two young children, Abigail and William. Priscilla's husband, Andrew, was at work when Danny invaded the home, and upon returning, he was met with the most harrowing scene of his life. Uh-oh. This is awful. I really don't like talking about Uh-oh. when children are harmed. So if you don't like it no. either, then skip forward a few times. Okay, so Andrew discovered Priscilla laying face down on her bed. Her pillows were dyed red with her blood spatter. Um, she had also been raped by Danny. Ugh. And she had been shot multiple times in the head at point blank range. Um, he called the police, who then discovered the bodies of the two children in two different bathtubs. Oh, my God. Five-year-old William and ten, no, sorry, eight-year-old Abigail had both been drowned. I hate that. I hate it so bad. There was a little bit more detail, but I decided to like. No, this is just taking decided that down. to not. I know. I hate child murder, especially when they're like similar ages to my own kids. You know. Yeah. Okay, so Danny's exact mo in this murder, or like nobody really knows. There is no point. It's so tragic and horrible. He was just. Yeah. I mean, he obviously. Came upon them and wasn't expecting them, probably because yeah. he'd never really hurt anybody before this. So his Always actions escalates, had, though. yeah, they he like escalated so much just from burglary. I mean, he did that weird ghost thing, yeah, and then the, burglary to like killing a whole both, family, yeah, almost? killing a whole family. So it's because he was in possession of these weapons. So it, it it suggests that he didn't have the confidence or physical strength to subdue his victims by hand. So they're like he needed guns. So a handful of items which doubled as restraints were found in the Gustafson household, which prompts the theory that um, he forced his way into the residence, held the victims at gunpoint while he restrained them. And then he probably killed the mother first to remove the biggest threat and then um, took care of the children as well, one by one. It didn't take long for the authorities to link the Gustafson murders to Danny LaPlante. And police sought to apprehend him and they found him... He had he had fled from the area and a manhunt ensued. So he was considered to be armed and incredibly dangerous. Uh, Danny's history, there was no telling what lengths he might go to to avoid detention again. Um, a few towns over, 
Danny broke into a woman's home and he kidnapped her in her vehicle. The woman escaped, luckily, but Danny was spotted by someone else who had seen his photograph on the news. Danny was discovered hiding in a dumpster 48 hours after the manhunt had begin, begun. Um, he was inspected and a hair belonging to Abigail Gustafson was discovered in his sock. So it placed him at the crime scene. In his sock? Yeah. I don't know. He take his shoes and socks off to be respectful first and then put them back on. I guess. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Um, so he was placed at the scene. A year later, Danny was sentenced to three life sentences of for the murders of the Gustafson family. And I have a picture of their family headstone. It is honestly the saddest thing. Oh, man. Because, like, all their death dates are the same, and they're all on oh, one. It's so sad. That's so sad. I know. I hate it. I'll post it because I hate it so much. And then the dad's on it as well. He passed away in 2014. I hate what it. What a tragedy. Okay, so since his incarceration, Danny has shown little remorse for his actions. While he clearly suffers from suffers from a a myriad of personality disorders, Yeah, he continues to show that... Um, Sorry, that he is a broken man beyond repair. Like, yeah, he's had help and it's he it looks like he might not be able to be rehabilitated. So from the years of 1988 to 2014, um, Danny attempted to sue the courts multiple times for violations of his rights. In one case, he claimed that the prison system violated his religious rights because he was allegedly a practicing Satanist. Therefore, Danny claimed that he required sufficient materials to carry out certain satanic rights that were denied by prison officials. Oh my god. I wish I would have I could find more information on what he's talking. Like yeah. what do you need? Like the blood of a lamb or something crazy? <laughs> blood of a virgin. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. So in 2017, however, it seems that Danny may have finally come to terms with his actions and while appealing for a reduced sentence, he made the following statement. Quote I do not have the words to fully express my profound sorrow, but I am truly sorry for the harm I have caused from the very essence of who I am. From the depth of my soul, I am sorry. So these words of a man who truly regrets his actions, are they? I don't know. Or are these the words of a manipulative, deluded monster willing to do anything to get a lighter sentence? Sheesh. I'm sorry, but nobody's letting this guy out. Like, no. If he does, I will riot right where is he at again mm, well the murders were committed in washington okay no wisconsin let me go look. some w place yes uh massachusetts that's right flip that w upside down <laughs> west side to m side i don't yeah. know <laughs> m side okay so um so he will he will spend the rest of his life in jail with no chance of an early release. Thank goodness. So Danny's final victim, Andrew Gustafson, passed away in 2014, like I said. He wasn't around to hear his family's killer uh, being banished to life imprisonment for good. So he was already gone before. And he said that he was sorry, which it would not have helped anyway. So no, it doesn't really matter. not at all. Um, however, upon his deathbed, uh, Gustafson allegedly claims, don't ever let him out. He should rot in prison. I think we can cheers to that. Absolutely. Um, what little achievement it may be, it seems that Andrew is going to get his wish. Yeah. Thank goodness. Hallelujah. And that's the story of Danny LaPlante. And here are my sources, because some of it give it away. I didn't want to read it first. Freaking LaPlante. Freaking 
LaPlante. So Wikipedia, the website called cinemaholic.com, and most of it came from an article that was originally posted on parkman.com. But uh, there's a man named Joe Turner who reposted it on his website because apparently the original whole website's gone. Oh, really? So, yeah, Joe Turner is writing a book about the whole thing. And it's coming out this year. I couldn't tell when. It just said 2022. And it's called uh, The Boy in the Walls. And there have been people close to the story coming forward saying that the events in this case have evolved from a folklore horror story boasting over like over imaginative details so it's mutated as time has passed but for our purposes i'm pretending that everything that i said was accurate totally well it kind of reminds me do you remember i feel like it was going around facebook or something a long time ago but there was a video of a guy who said like things in his kitchen would go missing or whatever mm-hmm. And then he put a camera in his living room. I literally and it was watched this TikTok. a crawl space. Yeah, like some lady was mm-hmm. call- crawling out of a crawl space, peeing in his sink, like doing uh-huh. all this Eating weird food. shit. And oh my gosh, yeah, I would so freak yucky. out. I literally found that on TikTok, and that's why I chose. It reminded me of this case. That's oh why I picked my it. Gosh, it's terrifying. I know there's a couple other stories like that. They're so scary. Like being like invaded. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, that's MySpace. Please stay out of it. Hashtag, please. hashtag bring back MySpace. Bring back MySpace. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I wish we could have kept MySpace because I feel like we all learned hardcore computer coding. Right. And we didn't even realize. And we, now I don't even remember how to do it. We just wanted animated confetti GIFs on our page. Right? With the top, top 10 or yeah. top five. Oh, I was so upset. My quote best friend had someone else as her number one oh. and it hurt me so deeply. Gotcha. And the at the core. end of the day, you always knew you had Tom. Always. Tom was If you always didn't there. have Tom, what are you doing? What's happening there? You're not, You're on not even on MySpace anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and you had the music that would automatically play. So I'd spend good. days. Oh, laying out your profile. Yes. Selecting the perfect song. Mm-hmm. What profile picture was going to come up? Oh, oh, always a sideways scanned dance photo of me that I scanned in on my home <laughs> scanner. <laughs> it was like sideways. I couldn't figure out how to rotate it, so it was sideways. <laughs> hey, it's great. Crushing it. Loved it. <laughs> anyway, that's my case. I love that. I hate it, but I love it. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. You're Because I had well not heard done. that at all. So, Alrighty. Creepy. On to mine, I guess. Check your walls tonight, everyone. <laughs> it's like it was... Check your windows or hide your kids. Hide, hide your, your kids. Wives. Hide your wives. Check your walls. <laughs> oh my gosh, that that trend, that YouTube like little so good. I love those. It was kinds like a news clip. Yeah, it was a uh, Antoine something. I can't remember his name. Zero. Anyway, okay. My story. My friend Trevor Pearson actually recommended this story to me. Trevor. He was like, "Yo, check this out," and I was like, "Okay." Um, you may have heard of it, so okay. I'm going to tell you the story of the kidnapping of Colleen Stan, the woman in the box. Oh no! <laughs> have you heard about this one? Yeah, it's horrible. It's so bad. It's horrible. I didn't it recognize it by the name. So so bad. What was her name again? Colleen Stan. Yeah. All right. I don't. I like. Get I just ready know to the dive in. Guys. I don't remember any details, so I'm. I'm sweating. Okay. Well. In May of 1977, a 20-year-old Colleen Stan is headed from her hometown 
Oh, it's not her hometown. I don't know why I wrote that. <laughs> she had moved. So you're lying right I'm off the bat. I'm lying <laughs> straight off the bat. But she, well, she was living in Eugene. Mm-hmm. She was headed from her living circumstances in Eugene, Oregon. <laughs> Oregon. <laughs> Whoa. We're slurring. We're here. To surprise a friend for her birthday in Northern California. She's going to surprise a friend. Like you do. Surprise. Colleen was a free spirit of the 70s. She grew up in California, but moved to Eugene with friends. And then she decided to make the trek down for this surprise part. Well, it's not a surprise party, but she's just going to surprise her. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you're cracking me up. I'm like, I don't know. She doesn't. She's not from there, but she's she lives from- there. It's not a surprise party. <laughs> she's just doing surprise. She's just surprising her. Okay, I can't really make sense of what <laughs> one would do in the '70s. Okay, nobody knows. It was a wild time. Wild things were happening. Don't tell me she was hitchhiking. She was hitchhiking. Oh, shit. <laughs> Never a good idea. How else do you travel in the 70s? Well, my parents dated and everything in the 70s. My my dad lived in Manti. My mom lived in Ephraim. They're seven miles away. My dad would hitchhike to Ephraim every single day to what? see my mom and then hitchhike back. That's the only way to get around. Do you take a bus? No. Do you take a train? No. No. Do you get your own freaking car? No. No. You just hitchhike. Well, yeah. And back then, Manti obviously has zero public transportation. Yeah. So hitch a ride. It's too sketchy. Don't do it. Super sketch. I mean, and that was, what, seven miles? Is that what you said? Yeah. Well, at least that was short. Mm-hmm. This was a four hundred mile trek. Yeah, okay? that's like bat. Like what? I'll just I'll just find my way. I just don't even understand <laughs> how groovy, one. Baby. Yeah, I don't understand how one's like. You know what? I'll just I'll hitchhike as far as I can, and then, and then we'll what? find someone new. Yeah, and then find someone new. No, that's not a. Plan. That sounds like, that sounds exhausting. Yeah, I need a I need a hard uh, itinerary, right? Ugh, anyway, so that's what she was doing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Going anyway. to the not surprise party from not, not hometown. Party. So she was being as careful as she could be. Yes. Which the most careful thing would be don't hitchhike, but it's no, fine. I mean, and so apparently she, that was not an option in the that 70s. was not. There was no other way to get places. <laughs> no air travel. No anything. No. You guys, you think that these things have been around? They haven't. Okay. So she was careful of who she took a ride to with. She even turned down like a group of young men pulled over to the side of the road. She's like, yeah, pass. No, mm-hmm. thank you. But thank you for stopping. But no, thank you. Yes. Thanks, but no thanks. So she understood the risk of what she was doing. But, you know, thinking the risk is probably pretty small for her. She's like, the surprise is worth it. It is so it's worth, worth it. the risk. She's going to flip. She's going to be so excited I'm there. Yes. So she had, like, taken a few rides, and then she made it to Red Bluff, California by the afternoon the best bluff it's the best bluff i hear i don't know but that's what i hear (laughs) (laughs) and along came another car offering up a ride a blue van she felt confident climbing in it was a man named cameron hooker and his wife janice there's two strikes here one what have we told you about vans yes no vans no vans his last name is hooker hooker no 
No. No. Change that last name. <sighs> it's rude. It's rude. The only hooker I like is Julia Roberts. Aw. Pretty woman. That's like another reason I dyed my hair red. <gasps> I should be Julia for Halloween. You should I need that be. blue and white dress. Oh, my gosh. I'm doing it. Find it. Do it. The I'm only, sure you can find the it. The only acceptable hooker. Because you know that guy. Sex worker. Yes. You know that. You know the guy on TikTok who recreates like oh, yes. all the things. We like said, yes, he has a mustache and he like dresses like a woman. Has done Pretty Woman and he <gasps> wears that dress, so I know you can find it somewhere. <laughs> I'm gonna message him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> can I borrow that for Halloween? Thank can you. I just have it. Okay. So, yeah, Cameron and his wife driving down the road in their blue van. They're like, "Hey, get on in." Janice is holding their eight month old baby because car seats are non-existent. <laughs> baby, and you're in like the you front know what? Seat? No big deal. Checks out. (laughs) Checks out. Groovy baby. If this car rolls, no one's surviving. Yeah, just, yeah, die quickly. Oh, gosh. Miracle we all survived. Truly. If you were a child of the 70s, we're glad you're here. Okay. You made it. (laughs) You made it. Congrats. And we're proud of you. You probably were carried in your parents' arms in the car. Yep. Most deaf. So she started to get this creepy feeling when she was driving with them. He would... Stare at her in the rearview mirror. Nope. Maybe ask a few too many personal questions. Nope. They stop at a gas station. You know, you got to fill up. You got to get your snacks. I suppose. I mean, what are you going to do? Drive on the road with no snacks? No. Have a full bladder? No. Ridiculous. So they stopped. She went to the bathroom. And just like this voice inside her at the gas station just told her, you just need to run and jump out this window and get out of here. Like, don't get back in the car with them. Run. Yes, girl. That's your third eye. Listen yes. to that. Listen. That's a good eye to have. Yes. It's your third eye chakra. Yes. She, now we're going to get really peaceful with the rest of the story. She, no, she, her herbs was crystallized. She did not listen. <laughs> she ignored her instinct. Trust your intuition, ladies. She should have, but she didn't. She wasn't hippie as she should be. Yeah. Really get in tune. Uh, she got back in the car after the pit stop, and he turned down a deserted lane. Absolutely not. Then he turned off his ignition. His wife and the baby got out of the car to play in a nearby stream, as you do with a baby. You're like, hey, let's go dunky in that stream a few times. Want to get some cholera real quick? Right. <laughs> Dysentery? I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> uh, maybe. Okay. Maybe not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> So he then, as they got out to play in the stream, he jumped in the back seat and held a knife up to her throat. No. Yeah. She froze and he said, are you going to do what I say? So she said, yeah, because you can't negotiate with a crazy person. What are my options? (laughs) No, I don't think so. So he blindfolded, gagged and handcuffed her. And then he grabbed a box that had been sitting on the chair next to her. It had hinges and a lock and a hole that she soon discovered was for her head. Because he put it on and locked it around her. So it just had like a hole for her neck. So just a box on her head. Which, can you imagine? No, the claustrophobia. The claustrophobia but not only that, wood is heavy. Yeah, that You're like trying to really support that with your, your shoulders. Neck. And it's probably like either one sitting, like putting pressure on the top of her head. Totally. Hello? Mommy, What's up? I fell off the couch and then hit my head. 
Are you okay? Do you need a kiss? Okay. Well, dad's going to be home soon, okay? She's so cute. Bye. She's so cute. <laughs> I'm probably going to leave that in because she's so sweet. She's so cute. I can't even handle it. Okay. Right amongst the creepy box talk. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine, sweetie. Go upstairs. <laughs> Everything's fine. Everything's okay. So it's either crushing the top of your head or hurting your shoulders. Or like both. Sitting. Yeah. I would assume it was mostly the shoulders because the box looks pretty big. Have uh, you seen the box? Uh-uh. Oh I haven't my seen, uh-uh. gosh. I'll pull it up. And it's black in there and your hands are cuffed. So you're just like super stuck. Yeah. yeah. So she... Let's see. I gotta find this. Look at how gross this thing is. It's got like insulation inside, like blankets. It's so gross. I'm sorry. It's not just like a hollow box. No. It's like full of shit. It looks like it's like soundproof or something. Yeah, probably for screaming. Yeah. And it, yeah, it has like tons of hinges. It's like a seriously serious project there. Which I don't, like, it was sitting on the back seat. I would be like, what the hell is this thing? I know. I'd be like, are you a magician? Do you keep a bunny in here? Yeah, seriously. Is this where the doves go in the trick? That's what it looks like almost. So he put it on her head and then drove her to their house in Red Bluff. So they lived there in where she'd been picked up. Cameron led Colleen down to the basement He then took off her clothes, had her stand on an icebox while he attached her wrists to hooks on the ceiling with leather straps. He then moved the ice chest out from underneath her Mm -hmm. without saying anything, taking her by surprise and leaving her hanging there suspended in the air, completely exposed. Ouch. Gross. Yeah. Not comfortable at all. So painful. Yeah. Colleen. Uh, still blindfolded, was terrified and in shock, and he began and began screaming. He got up to oh, he got a whip to punish her. So he's just like whipping at her. Wait. He told her to shut up, and she was probably in shock and totally scared. So she did and just sobbed. Oh. Uh, at one point, his wife came down, and they began to have sex in front of her. Sickening. Gross. Apparently, Janice had agreed to her husband having a bondage slave. But <sighs> their agreement was that he couldn't have sex with her. But still, what a creep of both of them. Hun, it's fine if we have sex in front of her. Yeah, but it's just as good. And you can keep her naked, but like, no, you can't have sex with her. We can have a, a slave hostage person that's fine. Gosh. Ooh. What is wrong with her? I don't They're both messed up. So he tortured her for hours before he left her, still hooked to the ceiling, still blindfolded, but he allowed her to sit on a crate that he had with the head box thing still attached to her now. And then he connected her wrists up to the side of the box and left her like that all night. Oh my gosh. Having your hands up all night. You ever done that even when you're like looking at your phone when you're like laying down? Oh, yes. <laughs> like I was my like, my hands are going numb. <laughs> oh, totally. And you drop your phone on your face 400 times. Yeah. And you're like, it's fine. I'm just going to finish this episode. No, yeah. just, I got this. I'm awake now because this phone's hit my face. Then you like put your hands down and you feel all the blood rushing back to it. And you're totally. like, I have a problem. Yeah. Very the same as having your hands have handcuffs Almost to your head. Almost the exact same. <laughs> so we understand. Yeah. 
So she said, I was in so much pain, my wrists hurt, and mm. I thought, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. The friend didn't know that she was coming. Oh, if you no. didn't hear in the beginning, it, it was, was a surprise. surprise. <laughs> but not a surprise party. Not a surprise party, but it was a surprise, and she didn't know. Because it wouldn't have been a surprise. Mm-mm. That's not how surprises work. Yeah. You didn't know. So there was, like, no alerting to the parents or anything that she wasn't there. The family started to become concerned because they hadn't seen or heard from her. And it was longer than she normally would go without contacting them. Her parents began searching, driving up and down from Oregon to California. Just, like, searching along the highway everywhere. I mean, but, like, that's probably what they the only thing they feel like they can do. Totally. Like, they contacted the police, but they had no leads on where she was. Just sad. Awful. Colleen was kept naked and blindfolded the entire time for all, like most days up to 23 hours. And then the rest of the time she was forced to lay in a coffin sized box for her body. And then the head box was on her head. <gasps> I didn't realize she still had the freaking head box. Yeah. I thought her whole body was in a box. Ay. Yeah. I don't know. Not great. So she's for only about one hour of the co- out of the confined space. Oh my gosh. She was brought out to be tortured or maybe eat something. Oh my gosh. He told her uh, right in the beginning, go ahead and scream. I'll cut your vo- vocal cords. I've done it before. <laughs> Shit. And she believed him. Yep. I don't like that. Not great. Janice and Cameron just went about living their lives as normal. So to everyone outside, nothing fishy was going on. They were just going to work, caring for their baby, all the things you might do. He took many pictures of the torture that he was inflicting on her. Oh, my gosh. One of the things he would do was he would attach her to a device called the wreck. It's where he would, like, put her on a table and attach electrical wires to her and shock her. My hell. Yeah. At this point, it had been months since anyone had seen her. Her mom even, like, sent out dental records to all the police departments. Oh, just in case they found a body and they'd lost hope that she'd ever be found alive. Oh my gosh. Most of the time, uh, the torture was done by Cameron, and but then it was often observed by Janice. Like she would just sit there and like hang, I guess. Oh my gosh. And then after eight months of daily torture in January 1987, Cameron let Colleen take the blindfold off. He opened up a door to a very st- small storage cupboard under the stairs that he called the workshop. Okay. In the small like, storage. Sir, this is a cupboard. Yeah, he's like, I'm just going to name every part of my house. This is, this table here is called, what was it? The, the wreck. Yeah, this, the wreck. This table is called the wreck. This is my workshop. <laughs> it's a cupboard, sir. Sir, like, This room idiot. that we're in right now, the pod room, is actually a laboratory. Laboratory. <laughs> Absolutely. So... He took her to the the workshop, workshop, and then in his little storage cupboard, he kept an extensive collection of BDSM magazines. Ew. He handed one to Colleen, and inside was an article about the slave trade and slave owners. Oh, no. He handed Colleen a contract, and it talked about an organization of slave owners called The Company. Ugh. He told Colleen that she had to sign the contract in order to stay with him, and if she didn't sign she would be turned over to a worse slave master of the company. Yeah. 
she's like, well, I and guess I'll pick the devil I know. Then right, the she's I like, well, know. this is bad, but what's worse? Yeah, I don't know. He always had things to back up his stories, apparently, and she didn't. She did what he said because she believed that he would kill her if she didn't. And then the contract said that he, she must submit her full being to any and all desires of her master. Yuck. He also signed the contract with her. How kind of him. Well, I mean, under, yeah, you both got to sign. Yeah. Under the alias of Michael Powers. Stupid name. He's like, I uh, mean, is it better than the last name Hooker? I don't know. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> Powers. Of course, that's the last name that of he picks. Of course. He told her the company was watching her, and if she tried to escape, they would kill her and her family. Yep. After she signed the contract, she had still been in, had to be in the basement, but she was allowed to be clothed, and she didn't have to wear her blindfold all the time. No, oh, I bet that was like such a relief. Yeah, it still sucks, but no, at least you're not like still horrible in that situation. After that, she was raped for the first time since being imprisoned. That was and against the rules. Exactly, I said. And reminder. This went against his wife's agreement, so she started to view Colleen as a rival and began to hate her. It's like, I can't even, like, imagine that's, like, what's going on in people's minds. Yeah. Well, I'm, like, sure that if he's doing this to, like, I'm sure the wife's also getting some sort of, like... Abuse. Abuse, too. Definitely. Not great. Probably safe to assume. Yeah. After a year after her abduction, the Hooker family decided to move into a mobile home with Colleen. He built, you know, mobile homes are a little bit smaller, so Mm -hmm. he decided to build a nice place for her to live. He built her another box. It was a ventilated box that fit in the frame of his and Janice's waterbed. Yuck. Mm Mm-hmm. So she spent the majority of the next two years in (gasps) there. Two more years? Yeah. Able to hear everything that was going on in the couple's personal life. They're above you. Besides the sloshing of a waterbed. (laughs) Gross. She's honestly probably seasick. Seriously. So Cameron and Janice would let her out of the box a little more every day to do chores and gardening. They also had a second child by this point. Mm. So they allowed her to look after the kids. How kind. Cameron began to build... Uh, what he called the dungeon. Great. <laughs> a place where he was preparing to keep Colleen and many other women he had planned to kidnap. Oh, shit. Yeah. He forced Colleen to help him build it. She said, we dug this hole, this big hole underneath the shed, and it was in the backyard. It was like his fantasy. He always wanted to get other women. <sighs> Why? Like, what is wrong with you? What happened to you, man? Right. She would be let out of the box to carry out chores and supervise, but Colleen never ran away. She just did her chores and whatever else needed to be done, and then she would get back into the box. There were even neighbors around the mobile home who had met her and were told that she was a live-in nanny, but she was so scared of Cameron and the threat of the company that she never left. I'm sorry, the live-in nanny thing is like, was everyone like normal? Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but like a live-in nanny would be very expensive. Right? And like no no hate on a mobile home. We've talked about that in the past. Like my mom grew up in one and they're fine. Totally. But it's like, like what? 
that it doesn't check out. I wonder if they just thought like maybe she didn't have money and maybe they were giving her a place yeah, to live. Yeah, they're just like, we offer her room and board and she yeah. helps with the kids. I mean, I guess that makes sense. But yeah, it's like, but still, I'm like, ugh. I just would be like, I don't know. Because uh, apparently she's not getting treated well. I'm sure she didn't look well. No, yeah, I'm sure not. I can't imagine. Yeah, if you're spending almost your entire day in a box. Right? Okay. <sighs> anyway, so she didn't want... Her, her family, uh, her obviously, and they, and believed that they knew where they were and that they were watching them and that they would hurt them if she ever disobeyed. In 1980, Colleen had been there for four years. <sighs> so long. So long. By then, she gained his trust and he let her have a phone call home. He said that the company was watching and listening, so don't say anything. She called her house and her younger sister, Bonnie, picked up. Oh she said, this is your sister, Colleen. Bonnie's heart, she quoted, just grew. I'm sure she was so happy and so confused. And shocked, yeah. Yeah. She'd been missing without a trace for four years almost. Bonnie asked her a ton of questions like, where have you been? What are you doing? What is your life like? But she was so scared of the company, she didn't say much. She just told her, I'm all right, and that she missed them and loved them. And then she said, my time's going to be over soon. We better start saying our goodbyes, Mm. which I'd be like, why is your time almost over? Yeah, are you in prison? Well, I guess pay phones, maybe. Uh, Yeah, maybe, like like a calling card. Totally. So they never contacted the authorities after this call because she said she was all right, and a lot of them kind of started to believe that maybe she had joined a cult, Mm. which – 70s. 70s. <laughs> Absolutely. I feel like we're ovulating again together because oh my gosh. <laughs> we keep saying the same words. I love it so much. But because we finish each other's sandwiches. sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We knew it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if you join a cult, you don't want to miss too much, right? No. They're, if we've not learned anything, cults are freaky. Yes. Real freaky. So they were scared that if they contacted the police and told them about it, that she or the cult would get mad and they didn't want to ruin anything right. since like, they we hadn't didn't heard. scare her further away. Totally. They're like, we haven't heard from her for four years. We're not going to mess this up. So after a few months, a few months after the call, Cameron decided to let Colleen have a trip up to visit her family. So they showed up at Colleen's family's house unannounced. They had no idea they were turning up, and Cameron introduced himself as Colleen's new boyfriend under the alias of Mike Powers or Michael Powers, <laughs> which is what he signed this, the contract this as. Freaking guy! Yeah. Hi, I'm Mike. Mike Powers. <laughs> nice to meet you. What is that? A mix of Mike Myers and Austin Powers? You little bitch! Right <laughs> before my before his time. Yeah, he <laughs> he was thinking ahead. <laughs> I bet he looked like Austin Powers, too, okay? Like, yeah. Bad, bad teeth. Stu- yeah. Stupid hair. Stupid. The stupidest hair. Uh, okay. <laughs> he left Colleen to be with her family for the day, saying that he had a convention somewhere, and he was going to go there and pick her up the next day and take her back home. Her sister said he left, and the family just swarmed around her and hugged her and kissed her, and her the first thoughts were, Oh my gosh, she's so skinny and thin and so pale as if the life had been sucked out of her. She looked nothing like herself. It's pretty accurate. Yeah. I'm sure. The family started asking her questions on where she'd been. And 
tried to enjoy the reunion, but they didn't want to scare her off again. Mm -hmm. Uh, They just believed that she was off enjoying her life somewhere else. And she was only getting back in contact with them and didn't want to risk it again. So she gave them no information on where she'd been or where she will be going because Cameron had let her know that the company would be watching and had bugged her family home. So didn't want to mess that with that. Then the next afternoon, Cameron came back and picked Colleen up. He said that they were just about to move houses. So he would send her contact information as soon as they were settled in the new house. How kind of him. Mm-hmm. I was going to find this picture. Okay. And it was an emotional goodbye. The family snapped a photo of Colleen before she left. And in the picture, she's wrapping her arms around Cameron and smiling like he was really her boyfriend. That's confusing. Oh, poor thing. Yeah. Ew. And he does look like Austin Powers. He does, actually. (laughs) Now that we're we're on the subject, he does. With, With aviator seeing glasses. Yep. He's a real douche. And okay, right when she got back from her visit, she was immediately locked straight away in the box with no explanation of why she was being punished. Mm. She thought maybe he was scared that he gave her all like too much freedom. Yeah. So for the foreseeable future, she was locked in the box most days for up to 23 hours a day. She was allowed to get uh, occasionally get out occasionally to use the bathroom and maybe eat something and drink water. But and locked, but then locked up again. But most of the time, she had to use the bathroom using a bedpan in the box. Oh man, which is crazy because it's a coffin-like thing. So she's like laying flat. Yeah. So she just has to like shuffle it under her butt or something. That's like so dehumanizing. Totally. It continued like that for three years. No. So what is this total? Seven. Seven years. I hate it. Yeah. In 1983, Janice, the wife, began to gain an interest in Christianity, and she always wanted to read the Bible, and Colleen was a devout Christian. So when Cameron was at work, she would come and let her out of the box, and they would read the Bible together. So they kind of became friends on this level. Okay. After Janice's interest in Christianity, Cameron started to let Colleen and her go to church together every weekend. Going to church opened up Janice's heart and made her realize this wasn't right. You didn't realize this before Christianity? Like, Wait, sexual slavery is a wrong? sin. In the eyes of our Lord Jesus? <laughs> yeah. Like, it took Christianity for you to get here? Like, what is going on? Like, darling, who raised you? Right? What? Satan himself? I don't know. Yeah. My goodness. Maybe it was my guy, the practicing Satan- yes, Satanist. Yes, Maybe. So at this point, Cameron decided he wanted to make Colleen his second wife and had developed a strong attachment to her. So he let her go and get a job at a motel as a maid. Colleen had a job, was going to church. She was in contact with a lot of people. So living a better life than she yeah, had for most of this not time. In a box. For- yeah. So she could have told people her situation, but she didn't mm-hmm. because... It's so scary. I yeah, can't well, imagine. The, the level, like the manipulation of the company mm-hmm. is watching you and they can hear you all the time. I'm, and they're like threatened her family. So she's like. And you've been there for seven years. And I'm sure. Yeah. Like I'm sure her like mental capacity is like deteriorated some. Totally. You know? 
So on August 9th, 1987, it had been several years since she'd been abducted and Janice broke down and admitted to Colleen that Cameron had been lying the whole time about being a part of the company. He had nothing to do with the company. She did maintain the company was a real thing though. Hmm. So the company was the only reason she was staying there. Yep. So she got to a local bus station the next day and she called Cameron from a payphone at the bus station and said, I'm leaving and you can't stop me. And he got really upset and he was crying. Oh, Um, so sad. Oh, not our sensitive Mike Powers. Right? And he, she just hung up the phone on, got on the bus and left. Which later in court, he described as a hard goodbye from a woman he loved. Penny, you don't know what love is then. You don't get to say that at all. No. So she rode the bus home. Stupid bitch. Stupid bitch. Get out of here. (laughs) So mad at you, Mike. Whatever your real name is, I forgot. Cameron Hooker. That's right. Don't forget. He'll always be that to me. Right. She rode the bus home and returned and lived her life normally. She didn't tell anyone what had been happening for the last seven years. Mm -hmm. She didn't contact authorities. She didn't tell anyone. She just came back and acted as if she had come back from a long vacation. Hmm. Janice had begged her not to tell anyone, telling her that she could reform him. Yeah, she's like, I know Jesus That always works really well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's been seven years of this, but he's... She can fix it. Yeah. I can fix this. I got this. You go. Yeah. On November 8th. Oh, yeah. On November 8th, 1984, Janice made her last visit to the church. She had attended. She asked the pastor if she could make a confession. Oh. Yeah. He could tell that she was very agitated and very upset, and she didn't know how to approach what she was about to tell him. She, quote, began to unfold things. I never dreamed could ever happen. And as she told the story, I said, wait a minute, I cannot listen to this alone. And we need someone else here. And that was her pastor, Frank Dabney. Mm -hmm. She gave him permission to call the police. And when they arrived, she also admitted it to them. Four days after her confession, police managed to track down Colleen, who was living her life normal. Police said she didn't seem to be emotionally drained. She was functioning. Not something you would expect to see from no. someone who had been held captive That's for the last shocking. seven years. Yeah, you would think they'd be like a mess. Totally. Police didn't believe Janice's story at first until they got the story from Kath, uh, Colleen as well. Oh my. Yeah. Oh my. Janice also told the police that he had kidnapped, tortured, and murdered another girl, Marie Elizabeth Spanhake, who this had disappeared. Before yeah. Colleen? who had disappeared on January 31st, 1976. So like a year before. Yeah. But no evidence could ever be found. So there was no charge brought forward. Oh my gosh. Was that a real missing person? Do you know? Mm -hmm. Oh my. Cameron was arrested and put into police custody, but Janice was granted immunity because she helped Colleen get away. And she agreed to testify Cameron against Cameron. If she would not have to face any jail time. I mean, I get it, and I know they have to cut deals like that, but I'm like, totally. no, she's garbage. She's too. equally as guilty. To I mean, me. I guess she did help her get away. Yeah, but. Cause she's like, uh, the company. I've seen Jesus now, and now I can tell you that the company's fake. Whatever. Yeah. So, turns out Cameron 
had nothing in his past to make him turn out to be a giant shithead. Are you serious? He had a great childhood, lots of friends, great, loving, caring family, zero previous history with the police or getting into trouble. Nothing. What? So he's just that is a shithead. It's so interesting because the huge debate, like especially during this time, like Na- nature FBI people, nurture. yeah, they're like, are are criminals born or are they made? Yeah, and this one, like he was just, just born a bad guy, apparently, because yeah. he's had a fine life. Totally. Wow. Oh, I hate it so bad. Interesting. So. At that point, both homes that they had lived in during her imprisonment were searched and tons of evidence was found. Yeah. They found lots of leather restraints, two head boxes, what they called the stretcher, Uh hooks in the ceiling, uh, like these masks, like leather masks to keep her like gagged. And it was weird. Like the BDSM. Totally. Okay. And then Cameron kept hundreds of pornographic magazines, most of which detail some very violent bondage techniques. Right. He kept them all under the steps. Okay. But them by themselves, I would say, would be circumstantial. Like Totally. Because you can like that, but and also not be a sex slave having monster. Yes. The two together, not great. Yeah. So he had several photos of Colleen during the torture mm-hmm. and had an undeveloped roll of film that he was waiting to print. I don't know why. Who? Okay, back in this time when he has these photos, who's printing these? Right. And like not alerting somebody because I didn't even think about that. Somebody will have to look at your photos. I wonder if he like developed them himself. Maybe, yeah. Some people have I don't know. dark rooms. I don't know. Well, unlike My Favorite Murder, I think they've had people write in about oh. if they've worked in like a photo center, uh-huh. what's the weirdest thing they've ever seen. Oh my gosh. I think that's so interesting because oh, I'm yeah. sure you're just like Okay. Yeah, I remember when photos weren't private at, in, at all. At all, at all. <laughs> right? Oh, now we have this whole different situation where we just take a picture and it's ours. Yeah, or it goes in the cloud and somebody can get in and like, view it ce- forever. Like celebrities who have their nudes leaked. Totally. Um, so it was a huge story and it was all over the media. Everyone was horrified and everyone was covering it. The head box she was in was insane. I showed you a picture of it. So frightening. Apparently, it eliminates all sights and all sounds and all sense of direction. Just really messed up. His trial began and he was facing 18 different charges, including rape and several other kinds of sex crimes. Doesn't sound like enough. No, not at all. He pled uh, not guilty to every charge, claiming that... Yeah. (laughs) I'm not guilty. And he claimed that she was a willing participant and consensual. Because, like, they had, like, the picture of the two of them and the contract. Well, I guess I can see why his lawyers would be like, we can do this. This Right? That's all they have. But I'm like, oh, yeah. Who agrees to, like, living in a box under your bed for seven years? Well, because in the BDSM community, I know this from watching a show I can't remember right now. Sure. Oh, wait. It's uh, (laughs) Billions. I've never even heard of that. So in the show, the guy is, like, a district attorney, and he's really into BDSM with his wife. And he's a submissive, and she's the dominating one so there's like dominatrix doms and subs so he's probably like she agreed to be our sub for eight years in a box this is what she wanted everyone loves it so much yes 
Everybody would volunteer for that. I'm like, okay, maybe for a night, seven years of torture. Not even a night. I'd be like, no. So the prosecutor denied the claims of it being consensual by saying that she was just brainwashed by Cameron and was scared of the company. Mm Mm-hmm. They also said that she may have had Stockholm Syndrome, which kind of makes sense because she didn't go to the police and she trusted her. I was thinking the same thing. Janice, yeah. And then during the trial, they called to the stand his wife, Janice, and Janice had helped kidnap Colleen and held Mm -hmm. her against her will, but she was also semi-responsible for freeing her, but testified against him for immunity. They had the tons of evidence and props, and they had the contract to show the point that Colleen had just given up and running away. And that yeah. was like a turning point for her where the brainwashing began. Yep. And then they brought in a replica of the box under the bed and that was made so the jury could lay in it. Ugh, no. Yeah. I'm sure they'd be like, um, he's guilty. Give him the death penalty right? today. They're like, lay in this, be put in her shoes and see what you think. And then also a replica of the dungeon was also made and she was called to testify herself, and she was able to give a whole rundown on her experience. One juror said that she had she was having trouble sleeping, and she would go home and she would dream of the things that were happening to her. Oh my gosh, yeah, ooh, which is so bizarre that like calling herself is like okay, right to a, to a degree. And she's done tons of interviews on it and stuff. There's wow. like. It's crazy. She's just like made of special tough stuff. Yeah. Well, a lot of these survivors are. I'm so impressed. Yeah, seriously. They really have it together. I mean, not that they don't suffer. I'm, I'm sure. sure. Yeah. But so he was sentenced to 104 years in prison. Not enough. Not enough. But he should be sentenced to 104 years in a box. Absolutely. I think that's fair. Or he can be in prison. Fine. But he has to have that box on his head. You know, Todd is like very passive. Like he's just like a really nice guy. But he's like stuff like this. I believe for an eye for an eye. Totally. Yeah. He needs. I think that's completely fair. Mm -hmm. So 104 years in prison. But due to changes in the law. No. <laughs> Led to a situation where he had accumulated enough good conduct credits to be eligible for parole in September of 2021. No. Last year. So obviously this alarmed many people. And in an effort to prevent this from happening, Temaha, Te, yeah, Tema, Te, Tehama, I don't know, County DA, uh, Matt Rogers, uh, mounted a campaign to get Cameron evaluated as a sexually violent, violent predator. I guess this is something that would delay his release, even if he succeeded in his parole hearing. Mm. And the campaign paid off, and the state hospital deemed Cameron positive for classifi- classification as a sexual violent predator. Uh, defendants usually will fight this designation, being claimed that which can be time consuming and he says there's a good chance that litigation will go well in 2022 so it's supposed to happen this year good but even with parole since he's got that on his record mm-hmm. he won't be released mm, yet that's good and if officials prove their case he will be moved to a locked state hospital where he'll have to complete a rigorous treatment program that in some instances can take 10 to 20 years to complete before the person is considered 
for the conditional release out of custody. Wow, that sounds like hell. And it's, I mean, he deserves it. Fair. Yeah. So he is currently 68 years old and he is locked up at the California State Institute for Men in Chino. <sighs> yeah. So my sources for this were a writing article by Matt Brannon, Girl in the Box, <laughs> infamous Red Bluff kidnapping case sees new development. Oxygen.com article by Becca Van Sambeck, where is Colleen Stan, the kidnapping survivor known as the Girl in the Box today, which that article cracked me up because there was no new <laughs> information, <laughs> but sure. No, and it's brand new. Yeah. Any article by Adam Jane's Colleen Stan was kidnapped and kept in a box for seven years. A YouTube video by Eleanor Neal, The Abduction of Colleen Stan, and Wikipedia. And I also just wrote down, there are many shows about this story, so you can look them up. She also wrote a book in 2009 called The Simple Gifts of Life. Wow. And that is my story, Colleen Stan. Thank you. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. Just just a quick little light story for you today. Before bedtime. Just tuck yourself in and sleep well. Yeah. You got a little double gloomed today. Yeah. But I will have you know, Taylor texted me today and told me she was just starting her story. She knocked that out in a day. I was having a full-blown panic attack. Oh, it's no. fine. But I did it. I know. No. This week has been stressful. I was We're, like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? What am I doing today? You're frazzled. But you did amazing. Thank you. Look at you. Oh my gosh. And people are like, how's your podcast going? I'm like, it's so good. It's so great. It's We, 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 we love it. It's so good. It's good. But uh, it's really hard writing a new book report every single week. Yes. <laughs> It's usually fun to do and this one week, a week. We did three, but three a week was a little bit much. But it's yeah. fine. But we did it. Yes, I'm proud of so. us. Oh wait, do we have an email? We do. Do you want to read it? Because I'm too scared to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Which one is it? You guys. Oh, wait, wait. We love to hear your emails. Write us in. I feel like we've flown or thrown out a bunch of different topics. Basically anything fun, send it to us. Yeah. Or got, horrible. You have a horribly fun story. Or a if fun, you horrible story. Gotten stuck in quicksand or whatever. Okay. Um, is it the haunted house one? Yes. Okay. Kind of goes along with this week's and next week, so it's perfect. Okay, so this is from a person <laughs> who will remain anonymous. I'm sorry. What did you say? Just I said it's perfect for this week's and next week's episode. Oh, yeah. Kind of goes along with Spooky it. Spooky ooky. Yeah. Okay. So I have been listening to your podcast from the beginning and I love it. I wrote a review recently that said, I feel like I just had a girl's night out with my friends. Yeah, Aww. girl. After she's listened to our episode. You guys are fun and hilarious and I can't wait for the next episode. We can't wait for you to hear the next episode. We're so OMG. Bummed. Yes. Thanks so much. Girl. Okay, so I wanted to tell you about our vacation home that is apparently haunted. Four years ago, we bought a a house in rural Utah in my husband's hometown as a getaway house for our family. The house is super cool. It was built in 1904, and it was structurally sound, but needed a lot of work, so we got a great deal. We gutted the inside and made the cutest little farmhouse ever. After not using it as expected, we decided to rent it as a vacation home. It took off, and we began renting it so much. Um, Not long after it became a vacation rental, we got a few questions about whether or not it was haunted from a few guests, and we had always joked about it because of the age of the house, but we were fairly skeptical, and people didn't think too much of it until this. Have you read this at all? Yes. Oh, you have. (laughs) That's why I said I'm too scared to read it. Okay. (laughs) 
Well, I'll read it. I'll look at the Exorcist movie case and Perfect. read this Thank out loud. You. Thank you. <laughs> I'm tough. I'm going to sage myself later. Okay. Um, a woman staying there sent us a message right after checking in and asked if we knew that there were spirits there. I downplayed the whole thing and told her that we've never felt that, and I'm sure that there was not. She didn't let it go. She continued to tell us that the minute they went in, they could hear something upstairs. So she sent her boyfriend up to investigate. Smart, always sacrifice yes, your boyfriend. Absolutely. He said that there was no one upstairs and she was just hearing things. As they settled in for the evening, she said it became apparent that there was uh, more than one ghost roaming around the house. No, thank you. No, thank you. Uh, she said it was a middle-aged man and a young boy that she felt. Is this person a medium? Like, what? Right. Okay, she said that the man was not very nice and he was making noise and attempting to get them to leave. And she said... She said that her and her partner a few said a few prayers and put crosses up above the doors attempting to get them to leave them alone. And then she went on to say that the ghost boy touched her playful on the foot. And at one point, the man even pulled on her shoulder. That boy nope. just wanted feet pics. Ew, creep. <laughs> He's a perv child. He joined our Patreon, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay, the man even pulled on her shoulder. No. I hate it. This woman said that she has been able to fill these things and for a while and she doesn't ask for it and it doesn't really bother her. So they continued their stay. I got to cover it up. I'm going to look at this picture. Okay, so they continued their stay and they went to bed and she said that they could hear noises in the middle of the night like someone was doing dishes and whispering in the kitchen. Absolutely no whispering. No, no whispering in my That's house. so creepy. Okay, so she got up to go to the bathroom at one point, and she saw what she believes to be a spirit in the living room, and she took the attached photo that I'm going to look at in a minute. I'm covering it with my hand, <laughs> so I don't look at it. Uh, she described it as a man wearing suspenders in his late 40s or early 50s. I, again, didn't really buy into this too much, and truthfully, maybe I just didn't want to because it's freaking bizarre. Okay, I'm looking at the picture. I see something. I see something, but I can't tell what I don't it is. see suspenders. No. I see a, a blob. I always struggle with these pictures, though. People are like, there's a ghost. And I'm like, where? I mean, and then people will have to like draw on the picture. And I'm yeah. like, okay. I definitely see uh, something. Like a white something. Yes, yeah, something hanging like a stereotypical ghost sheet. Yes. Okay, so... We continued to rent the home and got a few more questions about whether or not it was haunted over the next few years, always wondering if it could be true, but not putting too much stock into it. We recently got an offer on the house from a couple who was retiring and wanted to move to a small town. Because the real estate market is crazy good for sellers right now, the offer was too good not to take, and we accepted the offer, but we're really sad because we loved the home. One day, the new owners were checking in on things and visiting with my husband. My husband told them that he was a little sad to be selling the home. And the woman said, does your wife know that the house is haunted? Maybe that will help her feel better about things. So they know. <laughs> They're like, just totally. who is this? Frank uh, Warren's? Yeah. Something in Lorraine Warren. Okay, so she went on to tell my husband that she had seen a ghost um, in the outbuilding, which is a shed out back. And she said that she was hoping to talk with them or get a sense of why they were there. So she went out to the shed and her husband stayed in the house with my husband and began telling him that he used to think her, quote, ghost whisperings were complete nonsense. But um, he now had experienced too many things that he couldn't deny. 
A few minutes later, the wife came back in the house and said that she'd gotten the distinct impression that the ghost, also described by her as a middle-aged man in suspenders, wow, that's creepy, Yeah, was the, uh, was missing the previous owners. She said the name of the pre- previous owners, which was only off one letter off from the name of the people that we had purchased the home from. Hella freaky. That's scary. Okay, yeah. so one last thing. Um, I was relaying these stories to my friend at work, and one of them asked to see the photo, and she said that she sometimes feels spirits and was curious if she could see anything. As I showed her the picture, I explained that I thought it was a light glare from the window. The friend first asked where the light source was and then realized that the picture had been taken in the middle of the night and there was not really a way for the sun to catch the light. Uh, The other friend looked at the photo and immediately says, I hate to tell you this, but that is totally a ghost. Needless to say, I'm not sad anymore to have sold the house after hearing these stories. I guess with the multiple people relaying similar stories, it's hard to not be a believer. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the picture. Thanks so much. Anyway, thanks again. Anonymous. Oh, my gosh. We'll post... The image. Yes. And maybe if somebody is more tuned in to the spirits, they can tell us. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But I that don't is know. so creepy. I want to message her and ask her what small town it is. Totally. <laughs> That's so crazy, though, especially with, like, multiple people describing the man the exact same way yeah. when it's not been like, oh, yeah, someone else told me that there was, a, like, an old man in suspenders. Yeah. It's not no. like they weren't really talking about it. It wasn't well known. And I love that they're, like, selling this house and she's like, I'm so sad. And they're like, oh, well, it's haunted. They're like, they know they're buying a haunted house. I mean, I'm like, Gross. It's good. Maybe she can get them to go into the light, you know? Yeah. The ghost, the new ghost so whisperer owner. Weird. Anyway. I loved it. And I hate it. Thank you so much, Anonymous. <laughs> but you guys, thanks for listening. Yeah, you I'm sufficiently it. ruined for yeah. the day. <laughs> uh, if you want to hear our super fun staircase coverage, mm-hmm. join our Patreon. Uh, you can just support our show for a dollar a month, yep. $12 a year, and we'll love you for that. And your name but if you will be on our website. really want to like get some more content, join our $5 level tier and you'll get that. We're going to do a live hangout soon. We can uh-huh. chat. We can have such a good time. We're going to have a great time. I'm going to put up on our Instagram a little bubble where you can put your favorite snacks yep we need a snack recommendation for murder chats and snacks so the staircase episode is going to be up probably within the next week we need to tbd that yes but you will see because we'll we'll post we have a really cute graphic definitely made yes i made the shit out of that is going to alert you that are you afraid of murder gossip is out and ready to go um but we would also like to thank Samantha Plant and Stacy Chesney this week. Our podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Hell yeah. Then send us your address and we will get those feet pics out to you immediately. Yes. Just kidding. There's we no both feet just got pedicures. <laughs> yeah. They're probably so, at least four stars. Oh, totally. Feet pics. Totally. So. Okay. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget about our Facebook group. We have some fun over there. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast and mm-hmm. tell your friends and family. Oh, and we are putting together a really fun giveaway we're going to be sharing more details about soon, and you're going to want in, I promise. You're going to need everything. All right. Bye, friends. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>